After the assassination of Archduke Ferdinand, a world war broke out between multiple countries because of that. To support the war effort, the home front of the United States started cutting goods and food to give to the soldiers with one of the biggest cut substances being alcohol. The story behind this is that alcohol is made from grains and the civilians at the home front believed this grain could be used to provide other food for the soldiers. This led to the passing of the 18th Amendment, which banned alcohol from sale and consumption. However, at the end of our war victory, people craved alcohol because of the fun lifestyle it supported. So how did we go from banning alcohol to it being one of the leading industri industries modern day? Was war really the only reason why it was banned? Hi everyone, welcome to the first episode of Drug Seekers, a series that focuses on the legalization of heavily abused substances. I'm Kaylee and I'm joined by two of my other co-hosts of the podcast, Megan and Bella. For our first topic today, we will be touching base on one of the most infamous drugs worldwide, alcohol. Today we are going to be discussing the history of alcohol and its legality in America. Should alcohol be legal? What does it do to your body? Hi, I'm Bella, and to start how powerful this industry truly has become in our world today, let's start with the biggest movement to stop alcohol, the temperance movement in the early 19th century. A majority of people are fully aware of the abolitionist movement, which led to the Civil War, but most people don't know that the temperance movement started right around the same time. By 1831, 24 different women-led groups had formed in order to put an end to alcohol. Critics of this substance argued that alcohol abuse had run rampant, which led to an increase in poverty and domestic violence. Demon rum, a commonly coined name for alcohol, was also said to be rioted against for religious reasons. Some women believed that it was a moral duty for their religion to prevent their family members from abusing alcohol. Alcohol abuse had been extremely abused during the time. In fact, it was said that seven gallons of alcohol were consumed a year amongst people under 15. One of the most famous women leading this group was known as Carrie Nation, who is famous for smashing alcohol bottles with her hatchet. This movement came to a close at the end of However, and alcohol was eventually banned for Civil War purposes. The Prohibition era from 1920 to 1933 was a time of extreme conservatism, when the production and consumption of alcohol was outlawed. Due to the 18th Amendment and the Constitution, citizens became desperate and created secret ways to go around the law, known as speakeasies. Speakeasies were secret bars that sold illicit alcohol. They were often password protected and you had to be in the know to enter. The clubs often popped, popped up in abandoned bars and restaurant cellars to keep the law authorities off their coat too. The Prohibition era came to an end when the 21st Amendment was ratified, which deemed the 18th Amendment invalid. So why was the banning of alcohol so short-lived? Well, Congress at the time passed the Volstead Act, which provided special departments for controlling and enforcing the ban of alcohol. However, these police forces were extremely weak, and the government ended up losing a lot of money because of it. Thus, the public support for the 18th Amendment had been diminished. Today, drinking alcohol has become a social norm in modern-day society. Alcohol advertisements flood the news almost daily, especially during large televised events such as the Super Bowl. In fact, it has become so normalized that there are holidays and celebrations dedicated for this beverage, with the most prominent example being New Year's Eve. 
Everyone knows that they should avoid being on the road and driving on New Year's Eve because of the danger of how many drunk drivers can be on the road. And many driving companies have even gone out of their way to offer discounts in order to prevent drunk driving. If consumers really knew what alcohol did to the body, would new alcoholic billboards and commercial breaks continue to be spread daily? What exactly does alcohol do to your body? Alcohol is classified as a depressant, and it is notorious for being one of the most heavily abused substances in America. As a depressant, this substance slows down production in the central nervous system by increasing the chemical level of GABA, which is a neurotransmitter responsible for remaining calm. As alcohol is consumed over time and the body is constantly flooded with excess amounts of GABA, other chemical levels are heavily affected, especially NMDA. NMDA is a chemical similar to the neurotransmitter glutamate, and it is responsible for exciting the central nervous system and memory. As someone consumes excessive amounts of alcohol over time, the amount of natural GABA receptors decrease because the body has become used to using alcohol as its prime source of GABA. When the body has more natural NMDA receptors than natural GABA receptors, the body goes into a frantic state. The body is excited all the time, and those addicted to alcohol will experience symptoms such as schizophrenia, tremors, and hallucinations in a state of withdrawal. Alcohol is one of the most addictive substances that's overused, and it's often a gateway drug that leads um, many adults into abusing other drugs like um, opioid addiction and that actually happened to my cousin where he started drinking in college and then it led him into drugs like marijuana which led to him being a part of the opioid epidemic and after um, he started abusing opioids then he was in and out of rehab for months and years and now he like finally overcame his addiction and he's married and has two kids and it like worked out for him but it doesn't work out for everyone like that and I hope that people think twice before they abuse alcohol as it can majorly alter your life plans. So like Kaylee said, you know, people that are heavily addicted to alcohol and have chronic alcohol abuse, their story doesn't always end well. Um, if you take forensic chemistry in Cosby, then you probably have already studied the drug unit. Um, I know I have and a few of my other friends have, and it was crazy because we used to watch these videos um, that would cover like specific drugs. We watched one on LSD, I believe, which is like a club drug. We watched one on cocaine, and then we also watched one on alcohol, which to me was like the most startling thing ever because I had never realized how much someone can actually drink when they're addicted. So um, the story goes, there's a man, his name, name is Ryan, and he would drink three, I think it was either liters or pints. Yeah, I think it was pints of just straight vodka every single day and he would need it to be his fix like without it he would vomit he would be so antsy he would just always feel like he wanted more and it was so sad to watch it because you could just tell how much his family was affected by his alcohol abuse because you know his 
girlfriend broke up with him because she thought it was too much. His grandparents were just like, they didn't know how to handle him. They didn't know how to take care of him. He actually ended up, I think, dislocating his hip or breaking his hip or something along the lines there because... There was one night where he felt like he needed it so, so, so bad that he was determined to bike to the liquor store to go get it. And he ended up crashing into something and falling off of his bike and literally falling and breaking his hip because he couldn't see. But, you know, he just like he needed that fix so bad that he was willing to do anything for it. And um, I guess I had never seen someone have alcohol abuse like abuse it this much. I never knew that you could actually drink that much in one day, better yet, need it to survive. And, um, you know, towards the end of the video, I was getting really excited because he was going to rehab and he was doing all this stuff. And it looked like he was turning his life around. But I think around three weeks or something like that, definitely less than a month into his treatment, he passed away. And, um, you know, he lost his battle to alcohol abuse, and I think that's probably one of the most, if not the most startling video I've ever seen because it just really puts into perspective, you know, how serious problems like this are and how much they really affect your health. It's pretty good. Oh, that's good. Mm -hmm. Alcohol addiction happens without consumers even realizing it. Chronic alcohol use ultimately affects women much more than men physically and mentally. Women do not have as many digestive enzymes for alcohol as men do. Additionally, women are generally smaller than men in body fat and mass, which means that if both a man and a woman consume the same amount of alcohol, the woman's blood alcohol concentration would be significantly higher. While it does affect people of both sex differently, alcohol has commonly impaired judgment of consumers leading them to do or say things they would never do. However, researchers have found that while alcohol may affect how someone responds to certain situations regarding emotion or empathy, their moral compass has stayed the same. Alcohol does not change one's personalities or morals, rather their perceptions upon other people, such as if someone is happy or sad. I guess drunk actions really are sober thoughts. You know, it's crazy to think about how many people are still abusing alcohol despite the fact that so much research has come out saying what it really does to your body and how harmful it is. Um, you know, my mom, she is 54 years old and she's only ever had two real drinks in her life. Um, one was two years ago because my siblings and I definitely peer pressured her to do it at a wedding with all of us. Um, but aside from that, she had a 21st birthday party and she told me that she woke up and she did not remember anything and she really just didn't like the feeling of how you felt afterwards. Um, but I think just that wasn't the only reason why she decided to abstain from alcohol especially. Um, growing up, my mom or my grandfather on my mom's side actually drank alcohol really, really frequently, and my mom would always tell me how he was such a mean drunk and how he would say things and do things to my grandma when he was heavily intoxicated. And I guess seeing that as a child just definitely scarred her. I mean, if you think about it from my perspective, if I ever had to see my parents doing something like that, especially if my dad was heavily intoxicated, it would definitely scar me. 
um, and make me want to abstain from alcohol. So it's kind of crazy to think about how this substance is still extremely legal and it's still not as regulated, even though there have been so many families that I'm pretty sure I've grown up the exact same way that my mom has, being exposed to alcohol abuse, seeing what it really does to your family and how it actually affects your mental state. Um, along the lines of Megan's story that she just told involving alcohol abuse, I've also seen a very good example of alcohol misuse, which also goes along the lines of that it affects women way more than it affects men. Um, basically, it was my sophomore year of prom, and we came back to the house after we were all there, and the guy that I was with, we were both the last ones at the house, and we showed up and there was a lot of alcohol there, which we did not know was happening. And everyone was already drinking at this point. And two of my friends, a guy and a girl, were drinking the same amount the whole time. And whereas the guy was fine afterwards, the girl was seriously screwed up. She was unconscious and she was foaming at her mouth and she was just not okay and it was just really bad like we honestly were really close to calling an ambulance from alcohol poisoning and if she had any more she honestly could have died and to me it was really eye-opening to see that the guy that took just as much as the girl did was conscious standing in the kitchen and he was just perfectly fine the rest of the night whereas the girl was literally on the verge of death because of alcohol poisoning and so that just really opened my eyes to how much differently it affects women and guys. How does the government allow the substance to pass if they know it's really dangerous? Well, similar to cigarette companies, alcohol companies and their revenue make a lot of money con contributions to the government. The government makes 5.6 billion dollars each year in state and local tax revenue on alcohol as a whole. In fact, the state liquor tax per barrel ranges from $1.50 to $12.80 per barrel, which is an extremely hefty tax on consumers, but highly profitable for the government. Cutting out alcohol and outlawing its distribution and consumption would lose the government's billions of dollars each year. Alcohol is a heavy hitting and very rewarding business for the government, even if that means the health of the people is compromised. Today, there are still many movements and advocates hoping that alcohol will eventually be more regulated or even banned. Around one third of colleges have advocated for becoming a dry campus, which basically means that alcohol is prohibited on school grounds no matter the age of their students in order to reduce alcohol-related accidents like drunk driving. One possible reason why this movement has happened is because public officials are realizing how much damage alcohol can do to teenagers and children. Underage drinkers have been found to not experience many side effects such as hangovers or headaches, so they tend to drink more as a result of little reprimand. It has been found that by 12th grade, around 50% of high school students have been drinking regularly. Overall, 15.1 million people in America that are older than 12 had had some form of alcohol abuse in 2016. While alcohol is still heavily used today, we hope that the information provided has helped to gain insight on the history and effect this substance truly has. 
remember to stay safe and take precautions and remember that today's actions tell the story of your history in the making. Thank you for listening to our first episode of Drug Seekers and tune in to our next episode on nicotine addiction.